Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. All right, welcome back to uh, KMBR tonight. Bill Lasky filling in for FP Santangelo as he filled in for Adam Copeland earlier today. My guest today, boy, oh boy, good friend of mine, a six-time All-Star, Gold Glove winner at first base. His number 22 is up in the rafters, retired. He's also on the Wall of Fame. And I tell you, this last part, if you haven't listened to this, a no-filter network, a podcast that this guest does called Deuces Wild with Eric Burns. It's my guest tonight, number 22, Will the Thrill Clark. Will, how are you, buddy? My buddy Bill, how are you, my friends? I'm doing good, man. I tell you what, Deuces Wild is a crazy, crazy podcast. I listen to it, and every time I hear my buddy Will Clark go off, I just laugh and laugh and laugh. How do you enjoy doing that? You know what? I really enjoy doing it. You know, uh, Eric Burns came up with the with the format, and uh, it's basically, you know, as it says, no filter. Go on there, <laughs> talk about it, and laugh and giggle and cut up and and talk a lot of baseball and a lot of other silliness. Yeah, no doubt about it. And some of the baseball talk is so good and rewarding, just about hitting and, and stances and, and thought pattern, mental concept. And Eric Burns, what a great combo you guys do. You know, when you start talking about baseball back in the day, Eric Burns and you both have played in magical games, best, you know, defensively and offensively. When you get into a concept with Eric Burns, well, how does that work? How do you get him to talk a little bit more about himself because he gets it out of you? Yeah, so, uh, you know, Eric Eric will go off on little uh, rants every now and then, and I'll just let him go and reel him back in every now and then. But but then I'll do the same thing. I'll go off on, on something. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good balance he and I have. Uh, there are certain nights where he's he's wanting to talk a little bit more about subjects and then there's other nights where you know like before the show we'll talk and we'll say hey let's talk about this a little bit more and so we structure it a little bit but then most of it is ad lib on the fly <laughs> and that's what's great about it that's the will clark i love to listen to yeah <laughs> you know, and let me funny. tell you fans if you haven't heard it go on no filter network it's a podcast called deuces wild and you will enjoy these two gentlemen that I've known yeah. for many years. All right, yeah, Will, big big news like me, today. Bill. Big news today. And, of course, we're talking about a teammate of ours, 1986. Bob Melvin played with both of us on a great team we had back then. And I tell you, you know, you start thinking about back in when he was a player, how aggressive he was, how good of a catcher he was, golden arm, bullet of an arm. Let's go back into 1986 and tell me your thoughts when you first met him. You know, I had actually, believe it or not, known Bob, uh, ahead of time, I actually played against him in the American Legion World oh. Series uh, back back in the day. And you know, Bob was 18. I think I was 16 at the time. And uh, he played for California. I played for Louisiana. And you know, all those years later, like you said, 1986, we're teammates. And you know, we got a chance to talk about you know our our experiences in high school and then as as a 
as a major leaguer. And, you know, being a catcher, as you well know, Bill, from being a pitcher, you know, those guys run a game. And so, you know, I, even though he was not a, uh, a starter, Bob Renly was our starter, mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, he definitely had an impact as to, you know, how he would tell me how he called the game and what, what he'd look for as far as a pitcher goes. And I tried to use that as far as the hitter went. No doubt about it. And I talked about it earlier in the show when we went into pitcher-catchers meetings. You always listened to your catchers because they had a different outlook than the scouting reports. Of course, back in the day, Will, we didn't have all the analytics. We had scouting reports. But you, when you listen to Bob Brelly and Bob Melvin, they had a different aspect to how to approach hitters. And what I loved about Bob Melvin and Brenly, they listened to each other and they built a rapport of how we're going to work in-game. And that's so important these days. You got that right. You know, and, and that's why, you know, you see like a, a Patrick Bailey come in and, uh, you know, the, the pitching staff really welcomed him. You know, he got a good rapport with our pitching staff kind of immediately. And, uh, you know, that led to, you know, a few big wins there right in the middle of the season when he came up. Well, Clark joining me on KMBR tonight, and we're going to go into something with catchers. We talk about catchers all the time. And I started looking up catchers that became managers, and we go all the way back to Yogi Berra, of course, yeah. Ned Yost, Mike Sosha, a, a manager that I had, Gene Lamont, back in the day with the Tigers. And then you go Mike Matheny, Bob Brenly, Bob Melvin, Bruce Bochy. Why does a catcher influence the game so so much these days? You know, I, I, that's a great question. You can even add Joe Torrey to that mix. Sure. You know, I mean, I think that by them running the game and not only having such a big impact hitting defensively but by using their brain so much in how to call a game and how to run a game, I think that that lends itself really well to, to being a, a coach or a manager. And that's why you've seen – like, like you just listed that name of unbelievable, sure. not only were they players, but then managers, you know, it, it lends itself really well. So, and the thing about it, it's leadership. It's, it's leading by example, 20 years he's been managing. Now he's back in the orange and black. And I don't know if you had a chance to look at the presser when he put that hat on, he looked at that hat and had a smile and that smile was just genuine. And I think that really comes back to Will when you and I played with the orange and black. Once you put that hat on, once you believe in this organization, it sure comes to a big old smile. It comes back to the heartbeat. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, and and uh, I, I kind of think, believe it or not, I kind of think we have gotten away from that just a hair uh, in that, you know, you put that, that SF Giants on your chest, you know, when you walk out on the field, you expect to win. And you expect to go out there and give 110% and leave it all out there. And uh, for me personally, you know, I'm hoping that, that Bob Melvin definitely brings that emphasis back to this organization. You know, Will, we talk about what happened in the last few years, the analytics, the way platoon was done. And, you know, Bob Melvin understands analytics. But I think we start looking at what we just talked about, the catchers, the way you watch the game. You and I are good friends with Bruce Bochy. He's back in the World Series. And you start thinking about how you coach, how you manage, how that team respects you. And I think respect is going to be a big word when he walks in that clubhouse. I I think you're correct. And, you know, I mean, you know, with every managing change, you know, the the manager brings a a kind of different philosophy. Uh, But, you know, the bottom line is going out there and getting W's. 
And uh, you know, Bob Melvin has been successful in Oakland, Arizona, you know, San Diego. And now, you know, he's coming back to kind of his roots, like you talked about, you know, his first uh, major league call-up. And, uh, you know, so it, it ought to be fun to watch what's going to happen with him here, uh, hopefully in the next bunch of years. Well, three-time manager of the year, that speaks a lot for you right there and what he did with Oakland and so many different facets of the game. And you talked about a little earlier about Patrick Bailey, the young nucleus of this team. And I think that's one thing. you got to look at what Bob Melvin did when he was with Oakland. When you look at Chapman and Olsen and Simeon, he had that same kind of group of younger players. How does he gel that with older players, Will? You know, that's that's another great question. <laughs> you hit the nail on the head tonight, Bill. I think that, you know, uh, you know, a younger player, and I, I can say this from experience, you know, you hit the major leagues and it is, I mean, wide-eyed, wide open mm-hmm. the whole time. And you need somebody to lean on. And so for you and I back in the day, Roger Craig was kind of like my second father away from home. Right. And then I had, you know, veterans like you and Bob Renly and Mike Kruko and Michael Koss and such and said, Candy Mall, no, Chili Davis, mm-hmm. to like lean on and, and garner information from. And so I think that Bob Melvin is a perfect fit for the young guys that are coming up in our organization, the Tyler Fitzgerald, Casey Schmidt, right. uh, Pat Bailey, uh, Luis Matos. I think this is a perfect fit. And it's a kind of a father figure a little bit, but he's also going to be pretty strict and expect results. You know, well, you were on a lot of triple A, double A, single A. You've been around a lot of these young players and the nucleus of the managers and coaches, I, I think, have that. But when you get to the big league level, as you said, the eyes are open. The 40,000 people are out there. Every little mistake is magnified. And I think that's what you're building on. As you said it, Bob Melvin has that in him, in his resume, to try to slow the game down. You and I have played with each other. We know how fast this game is. How does the rookies now move ahead in the winter preparing for such a good manager when they walk in those doors in spring training? You know, the, the way that I look at it is, I mean, not only is it a new manager – but, I mean, this guy's going to have a new philosophy than, than the previous guy and, and the previous guy. Mm-hmm. And so, for me personally, it's going to be, you know, what's Bob's philosophy, um, you know, and, and how he's going to either coddle or kick in the butt, you know, some of these younger guys. Because, you know, when you go with a young team, you know, you're going you're gonna to have rookie mistakes. And, you know, you hopefully that they learn from it and they get experience and – you know, they kick it in gear over the course of the season. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of talent in that clubhouse. Um, but the emphasis needs to put be put back on, hey, look, you know, you guys got a lot of talent, but you got to show it to me out on the field. We got to have W's. That's the bottom line. Because yep. if we don't have, there's a lot of people that are going to not have jobs. Will Clark joined me for a few more minutes on KMBR tonight. Logan Webb came out at the end of the year and talked about the culture in the clubhouse. He didn't like it. He didn't like the mentality. He didn't like how people prepared for games. Then you heard Mike Yastrzemski talk about it. I think the clubhouse has a big, big plus. You and I were in a great clubhouse. We gelled together. We joked around. There was so much characters, but there was so much confidence. How do you move into a clubhouse like that and take that over and change it, Will? Because you've been in that clubhouse. You understand what I'm talking about. 
I definitely understand what you're talking about. And it's, it, that's like what we talked about before. It's a mindset, getting back to winning baseball and what we need to do to prepare for our job and then go out there and execute. And, you know, that, I mean, you gotta, I love baseball to death. I mean, it's in my blood, it's in your blood, but when you get on the major league level, you have to realize that this is a business and the business is wins. You don't get wins. There will be changes. People will move. And uh, that's just, that's flat out just the way it is. And, uh, you know, so some of the young guys and the veterans that were in the clubhouse, you know, this past year, they got kind of a rude awakening when, you know, when Kapler, you know, got fired with three days left in the season. It's like, Hey, that's what happens when you post up L's instead of W's. Yep. Get, I totally get, agree with you. you totally agree w's. with you. You get back to W's, everybody's got job security. If you post up L's, nobody's got job security. And I think, Will, one of the things that you and I always talk about is looking in the mirror. Am I accountable to what I'm doing? Am I doing the best I can? You talk about that all the time. The thrive and the will to win, and you're talking about it again. Look in the mirror. Am I giving it to 100%? Am I trying to do better? And I know you've talked to that to many players in the minor leagues, even in the big leagues. How do you do that? How do you tell a player, push yourself a little harder? Well, I mean, you know, for me personally, it was work ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so you and I were out on the field every day for batting practice. Then, as soon as batting practice was over, after the other team hit, then we had to go back out for infield, outfield. Correct. And we did that every day, <laughs> if you recall. And so, you know, not only did you work on your craft during, you know, batting practice, but then during infield, outfield, you tried to show it off and mm-hmm. get used to it. And, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but at the end of the year this year, I came in for the last six games of the homestand, and, I mean – we, we only had five or six guys out there taking bat breaks. You know, you got 15 guys on the team that are position players, and we only got five or six out here that are taking bat breaks that are working on their craft. Um, I'm not I'm not very pleased at that. And, <laughs> you know, that, that yeah, is, I, I know that about you, Will, and I know you, yeah. had, so, you had a couple of vocal words here and there, and I loved it. I, 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 I tell you what, one of the, the friends that I had is – when the manager's job was open, somebody called in the show and said, what about Will Clark? And I just said, love to have Will Clark manage, but I don't think you're <laughs> going to get him out of Louisiana. <laughs> hey, Will, a couple more things I want to throw at you getting away from the Giants. Our good friend, Dusty Baker, calling it quits tomorrow. He's having a press conference in Houston. Of course, 74 years young. 2,183 wins. Of course, three pennants he's won and one World Series. How special of a man is he to you? No, he's, he's such a good friend. I mean, you know, he was my hitting instructor for five years before he became my manager. And, uh, you know, Dusty just absolutely till this day is a friend. We talk at least four or five times a year and, you know, he wishes that he was in, you know, the world series and, and could go out, you know, with another W in the world series. But, you know, he, uh, he's, he's calling it a day. Uh, I definitely can tell you one thing right now. I do know that the analytical part played a big decision in his retiring because, you know, there's some things that you can put up with and then there's other things that, I mean, you can't overlook. So, 
Well, I remember the day when I was doing Rivercat TV, and you and Dusty and I were in the little lunchroom, and the stories that were coming out of all three of us, I think the players started you know, coddling us to listen to everything, and all three of us were laughing so hard at everything we said. It was a good time we had that night. You know, that's that's the old school. You know, the yeah. old school, you know, after a game, we'd have a we'd have a beer and sit around and, you know, talk about the game that that sure did learn from it and then you know for me personally it was listening to you know the veterans like yourself and don robinson and rick russell people like that tell stories about other parts of the game and uh man it's when you and dusty and i had those beers (laughs) you know people were coming up and they were like man we wish we could do this and it's like (laughs) why you guys do this we did this every time yeah. Well, listen, uh, Will, the Ford C. Frick ballot came out today. And, of course, uh, a couple of our teammates, Dwayne Kuyper for me in 82, and, uh, of course, Mike Kruko, a big influence. And you were both on the ballot, along with Ken Corrick. And I know you've known Ken for many years with the Oakland A's. How do you feel about these guys going in separately? I said put them in as a duo and put them both in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, you don't ever say Kipe or you don't ever say Crook. You say Crook and Kipe, you know. And, you know, they they are absolutely the best that are out there. They feed off of one another. They they know when to be serious and when to laugh and giggle and cut up. They uh, they they got a few stories, as you well know. <laughs> a few. <laughs> yeah, and they take those stories and they embellish them a lot. <laughs> All right, my final one for you. The Texas Rangers against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Who you got for the World Series champion, and how many games do you think they'll go? Well, you know, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, the, the interesting thing about this series is, I mean, if you look at Texas, you look at Arizona. I mean, Texas won every game on the road. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and Arizona came back and won two in Philly, in Philly which, as you well know, is a tough Whoa. one. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it's it's going to be nip and tuck. I mean, they're both playing extremely good baseball. But, you know, because I'm such good friends with Bruce, Bruce Bochy and I played for the Warriors, uh, i got to give them the nod. Yeah. Well, you got a lot of good friends over there. Marcus Simeon over there, Seeger's over there, and you can go on and on. And then you look on the Diamondback side. Longoria, of course, was a giant. You knew him when he played here. Tori Lovello, just a great, great manager. He really fought to be that manager. He went through a lot of hard times. But I tell you what, Bruce Bochy, what a first year of career he had in Texas. And I tell you what, the Texas Rangers fans are going to go crazy on Friday. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to be loud uh, down there. I mean, they they enjoy they enjoy people that win, and uh, you know they've been pulling for the Cowboys to win for years, and you know the the Rangers win a series against the Giants, you know, and right. we kind of beat up on them. But you know, hey, look, uh, you know they want they want Boach to come in there and, and win it for him, and uh, he's got the team to do it with. It's just you know, as you well know, being a pitcher, it's. What pitching staff gets hot and comes out and shines. Yep. Pitching, pitching, pitching. That's what it is. But, Will Clark, well, I'm so glad you got to jump on with me. I think both of us are extremely happy and proud that Bob Melvin's wearing the orange and black. Definitely. And, uh, you know, one of these days here pretty soon I'm going to reach out to Bob and, you know, say congratulations, all that sort of stuff. But in the meantime, I really enjoyed coming on with you. You and I always have a great time together, and it's, it's good hearing your voice again. 
Will, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Will Clark on KNBR tonight. More coming up right here on KNBR, the sports leader. Dignity Health here, official health care provider of the San Francisco Giants. Winning is always a team sport, powered by great, dedicated fans. When everyone is all in, magic happens at the ballpark. When it comes to health care, the Dignity Health team at Dominican Hospital is all in, too. Every day, the healthcare professionals at Dominican Hospital in Santa Cruz are ready to deliver exceptional, compassionate care to you and your family. Dignity Health. Hello, human kindness.